This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. This is episode 555. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Mike Cassetta, CFO of Arami Therapeutics. Not unlike many of his entrepreneurial peers, Mike Cassetta once resided inside the world of Big Pharma, where he climbed the ranks and became CFO of Global Services for Sanofi. We asked Mike to look back at his Big Pharma roots and look ahead at the compelling opportunity shaping his latest CFO career chapter. We begin after this. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu, and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful at planful.com. Sure. 
I take the leap uh, in the industry? Yeah, so for me, uh, a lot of it was personal. Um, I had two young children at home. I was traveling a lot uh, while I was at Freshwater House Coopers. Uh, my wife uh, and I had a pretty candid discussion and, and agreed that you know having a uh, you know having a career uh, that was a little bit more stable in terms of uh, you know not traveling as much, especially when I had young children, was important. So. Um, you know, although you know, public accounting was great to me and, and really prepared me, I thought it was the right time. Like I said, approximately eight years spending there, um, I, I thought really prepared me to get onto the other side and, and into corporate America. And, and you know, that was really the driver of, of what really pushed me there. Did you know from the start it was going to be biotech? Was that uh, you know, is that where your interests lie, or was it more that the opportunities came that way? Yeah, so and, and it's funny, Sanofi, Sanofi, there's a lot of different uh, things uh, for, for the company. Uh, it's really a, it is a large French pharmaceutical company. It's one of the top five pharmaceutical companies in the world. And in terms of whether I was looking for pharma or biotech, what I was really looking for in leaving public accounting was just the right opportunity. I was really agnostic to, to um, you know, industry. And, you know, for, for what I was looking and, and the opportunities that had presented themselves, um, living in New Jersey and, and really being in the, the, the pharmaceutical hub of, of you know, the eastern part of the United States, it was a natural fit, and, and that's what really drove me to, uh, to, to move to Tennessee. Now, I have to say, you climbed the ranks there right into the CFO office, so you joined uh, maybe, uh, tell, tell us a, a little bit about that. Other finance leaders, of course, do that, but uh, you invested 10 years of your uh, career, and it looks like time well invested. Uh, what would your take be? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, I went to, to Sanofi in, in 2005 as the director of technical accounting. And for me, as the transition from public to the private sector, um, where it was important for me was, you know, what I loved most about public accounting was, you know, working with different people, with different uh, different clients, different types of work. And the idea of moving to a, let's say, a monthly book and close uh, in, in the corporate side was not appealing to me. So I was able to move into a technical accounting uh, position which allowed me to, uh, you know, you know, interact with auditors a lot, work with a lot of different people within the business at Sanofi, and I was fortunate enough I was in that role where there was myself and one other person, uh, and within about 18 months I was moved into uh, a, 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 a vice president role of, of leading the entire finance organization at Sanofi. So it really took someone to take a chance on me. They saw some characteristics in me of some leadership abilities. Uh, to, to really give me that chance, and I'm, I'm forever uh, grateful to, to that person. Uh, and, and that really set my trajectory where I was able to move through the organization. I was, was as I said, I, I led the entire financial services role at, at Sanofi, uh, and eventually moved into the, the North American CFO role. So um, it was a great experience. I had, uh, you know, wonderful experiences with integrating companies, with improving processes, um, and, you know, I, I spent, as you had said, I spent over 10 years at, at Santa Fe and, uh, you know, left uh, in 2016 as, as I, I looked to move to a smaller company, a company that was, was based in the United States where I can continue to grow and, and ultimately become a, a CFO of, of a company. And that's, uh, you know, it's been, you know, a great ride for me and, and I continue to learn and uh, continue to enjoy my job every day and, and you know, look very fondly back on my, uh, my time at Santa Fe. So tell us about Arami Therapeutics and what was the opportunity that, that attracted you there? What was the vision? Absolutely. So there's really two opportunities. The first is the Arami uh, CEO uh, is a woman named Ann Whitaker, who 
something about when you arrive, what is it that you're, you immediately cast yourself with? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, as I, as I took from my experiences in public accounting, you know, I believe that first and foremost that the finance function should be the conscience of every company, should be the financial and ethical conscience of every company. And, you know, when I, when I came in, I think it was very important to, to understand the processes, understand the, the hierarchy, um, and, and, and really inserting myself into that role and, and, you know, that combined with having a detailed understanding of the business of, of you know, through my experiences at, at Sanofi, of, of really understanding the business from an R&D all the way through commercialization, you know, having a, a, a deep internal control and, and ethical background combined with a, a detailed commercial and R&D background. I believe really helps me and, and, and helps the company to implement the, strate- the, the strategic path of the company. So, you know, when I came in, it was very important for me to establish myself in, in, in that capacity and, and, you know, feel that that will bring the most value to the company going forward. You know, as far as finance was concerned, where were you going to spend the bulk of your time? Were you talking to investors? Were you talking to R&D? Where, where did you have to spend your time to quickly, uh, you know, gain the influence you need to be a finance leader? Yeah, so specifically around me, um, our finance department is a group of two. So, you know, we are a very lean organization. Uh, and, and for me, you know, for any startup company, or not startup, but company that is, is you know, let's say preclinical in nature, uh, looking to develop assets. Um, you know, financing becomes most important. So, you know, having relationships with investors, um, you know, both current investors and potential new investors is, a, is a, an area of focus that I have now. Um, at the same time, as, as we really have been building the company, um, you know, what feels like from scratch here, of, of building processes and, and, and building uh, internal control. So I, I would say that the two areas of, of focus that I've had um, have been really talking to investors and then also really professionalizing the company uh, of, of establishing processes and control. So, you know, you know, like a lot of companies our size, our ultimate goal is to, uh, to go public and, you know, establishing those processes and procedures I think are so important, especially early on, um, to, to prepare ourselves as we, as we go through this, uh, as we go through this evolution. Yes, because I'm sure you had opportunities. You could have taken a, a number of different paths um, into larger enterprises, mid-sized enterprises. You go into the startup world. Um, 
curious, what, what uh, influenced that decision? Was it something you always had an itch for? Was there uh, maybe some colleagues who went the similar way and, and found it very satisfying? What, what would you share with us? Yeah, so, you know, as I said earlier, it's over 10 years of fantasy, which is, you know, we're, we're really the most rewarding of my career. Um, but at the same time, you know, fantasy was, was very much a large multinational corporation. And the appeal to go to some place new that, that I was responsible for building from scratch all of the processes um, where I would be responsible for shaping the, the, the kind of path of the company, especially from a finance perspective, um, it was very appealing to me, and, and obviously you come to a smaller company and biotech, it, it comes with risk, but it also comes with opportunity, and you know, I felt that I was in the, at the right time in my career to, to take a risk and, you know, you know come to a place where I, I had a trust in, in the leadership um, uh, of the company, um, and, you know, it's, it's been a great experience for me. I would not change it for the world, uh, and, you know, I'm really excited to, to, to build this, to build something bigger and bigger as we go. You know, this is a, an interesting offering uh, that Barami has, and it's, it has to do with inhaled therapies, and in fact, there's an, a, a smart inhaler, is that what these are called these days? Yeah. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about the, the offering? Um, because it's a little unlike some of the other biotech companies that we recently featured uh, on the show, which are more about the, the medicine itself. It seems like there's a physical component to this. And, and anyway, would you, would you mind just explaining it? Absolutely. I mean, we, we're very excited about our technology. Um, we really look at ourselves as a drug uh, device combination. Um, you know, we have a, a wonderful device that has been developed over the last 10 years. Um, when we say it's a, it's a smart inhaler, you know, it's a breath-actuated inhaler that coaches you through the inhalation process. Uh, it's also a, an inhaler that is a soft mist inhaler. So a lot of inhalers that you see are, are dry powder inhalers that, you know, by you know, by them being dry powder, they, they cause issues with coughing, um, with lung deposition. Uh, you know, and, and our inhaler, you know, the, the statistics on our inhaler of, of getting uh, you know drug product into the deep lung is is really unmatched in the industry. So. And we are really focusing on, on therapies that are, are existing, uh, both existing and novel uh, therapies um, that, you know, either require greater lung deposition, uh, where our, 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 uh, our inhaler will, will be most effective, but also, you know, allow a, a, an accelerated development path um, with existing biologics. So, you know, we really feel that it's, you know, it's, what we're working on now is, is you know, we, you know, we've identified a couple of products in our pipeline, but also looking for new opportunities that, that you know, we feel that there's an unmet need for um, a variety of reasons that, you know, we have expert uh, formulation capabilities to, to, um, to formulate the product into a liquid um, that will, will work seamlessly through our inhaler. And, and, you know, we're very excited about our, our prospects. And, you know, we've, we've got one product that is, um, you know, ready for phase three, and we have two other products that we are, going through the process right now, and we hope to be uh, in phase one studies, studies in the early part of 2020. So we're, we're very excited for uh, where we are and, and where we're heading. Yeah, so, Ronnie, did it develop the device, the inhaler itself, as well as the therapies or medicines? Yeah, so, that, so really the, the, the device, absolutely, we have uh, great partners uh, on the device, but we have developed the device ourselves, and what we've really done is we've taken existing therapies, existing approved therapies, uh, and focusing on those, 
of treatment for uh, for patients as we uh, you know you know based on where how they currently are either you know taking it uh, you know via via injections or some other uh, you know some other mechanism. Does this device allow Arami to partner potentially with other biotech companies that have developed therapies but don't have the components the device uh, to, to to open up this part of the market for them? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we really look at ourselves as a development company, so we not we don't want to look at ourselves as a device company per se. Um, we really look at an opportunity to, to you know, look at compounds that um, could be novel, uh, new compounds, um, or existing compounds that we feel would have a better, you know, method of action uh, for innovation uh, process. So, you know, we, we, we're talking to, uh, you know, potential strategic partners all the time, uh, about their portfolio, uh, about potential, um, you know, compounds that we could partner with them to, uh, to, to use through our device. So, you know, the, the flexibility of our company and the optionality of our company is something that we're really excited about that, you know, as we, we expand our portfolio and expand our pipeline, um, you know, we really feel it's got limit. There are a lot of, there are a lot of, of um, areas out there, therapeutic areas, uh, and a lot of disease states that have unmet needs in, in respiratory and cardiovascular and in, in, in metabolic disorders that we feel could really benefit from our device and, and um, you know, we're excited for the future. So I have to say, I think I've, I've learned uh, a good deal about biotech uh, over uh, the last 12 months, 2019. We've had, we've had quite a few CFOs from the biotech realm on the show, and this will be our last one, I'm afraid, for, for 2019. But help us to understand uh, maybe the size this company currently is and sort of your day-to-day interaction. Who is it that you're, you're connecting with, whether it's the CEO, investors, and R&D? Would that be okay? Can I ask you about that? Yeah, no, that'd be, that, that's great. Just to give, to give you an idea, I mean, we have 11 full-time employees, so we are, you know, we intentionally stay lean. Um, you know, we feel that, you know, the capital that we raise and we invest is, is, is most beneficial to our shareholders to be invested into our science and our development program. So we, we, we remain very lean. Um, so when, when talking about how we engage investors and, and kind of going through day-to-day, it's, it's really a, a discussion around, um, you know, with, with myself, the CEO, and our chief development officer, who's really responsible for the, um, for the overall development of our portfolio. So, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time together, um, and we also spend a lot of time together with, with um, you know, with investors, both current and potential investors, uh, you know, along with analysts and, and whatnot as we try to, uh, to get the story of Arami out there. Okay. Share an experience or a moment of insight that you experienced at uh, maybe it was at Sanofi, uh, maybe it was earlier in your career, maybe it was during your auditing chapter. Uh, but a moment of financial insight allowed you to help point your organization uh, towards an opportunity, towards a risk. Uh, maybe it led you to do things differently. What, what comes to mind when we ask for a finance strategic moment? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, for me, you know, one of one of the defining moments of my time at Sanofi was was when Sanofi acquired um, Genzyme, which was a, a Boston, large Boston biotech, um, you know, specialized in rare disease. Sanofi was this large French. 
The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization.
Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com.
content to, to help guide them, and it may, you know, require me to give someone, you know, you know, autonomy through and through to do their jobs because they are more experienced. So, um, you know, so for me, it is it is that connection to people and connection, um, you know, and, you know, connection and collaboration and partnering with people, whether they're colleagues and peers of yours or they're people who work up through your organization. I think that human side of it is so important and, and something I'm so glad that I learned at a very, you know, early stage of my career. Want you to reflect a little on your uh, personal activities, or habit, or part of your daily routine that you do that in some way contributes to your professional side of things, to your professional success? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, staying active. And, uh, you know, I've played basketball my entire life. Uh, I continue to play basketball now. Uh, several days a week. Um, it allows my head to stay clear. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I have three children, um, a busy work life. Um, for me, work-life balance is so important. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have as good a work ethic and work as hard as anyone um, that I know. But at the same time, I also am able to maintain a work-life balance. And that work-life balance is so important to, you know, it, it allows me to, to love my job. Um, but it also gives me balance in my life that, you know, I, I can coach my children's basketball or soccer team or I can go out and play basketball, you know, with, with friends and colleagues of mine. So, you know, always being able to, to maintain that balance, I think, is so important to the psychology of this um, and has allowed me to be, uh, you know, successful. Now, did you, uh, just curious, did you relocate for the Arami, uh, when you joined Arami? I actually did not. Um, so um, our CEO and Chief Development Officer are down in North Carolina. I actually still live in New Jersey, so I actually work out of my home office. Um, but obviously do a good amount of traveling down to North Carolina if, uh, as needed. Uh, you know, we do have a lot of investor interactions in New York and, and other cities that, uh, that I'm traveling quite a bit. But when I'm home, um, I'm actually working out of a home office. and. Know, utilize uh, technology as the, as the best way to communicate with, with people, which, um, you know, it, in some ways is, is, you know, very positive, but, you know, it does bring some challenges. And, you know, someone who was used to going to work every day in an office and working with people for, you know, over 20 years to, to move to a home office is, is somewhat of a transition, but, you know, I feel that we've done it, done it well. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, for the size of our company, it's, it's the appropriate uh, the appropriate way to go for now, and, and we'll reassess it as, uh, as time goes by. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Yeah, so there's a book I read um, when I was much younger, um, probably in college. And um, as I said, I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan and basketball player. And, you know, I read John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. Um, you know, that was written, you know, probably 40 or 50 years ago. Um, for me, you know, although, you know, obviously in, in some ways it's, 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 you know, antiquated in a bit, but I think it, it sends such important messages for how to be successful and, and, you know, measuring success, you know, with how self-fulfilled you are in, in what you do, um, your motivation to be successful, the work ethic that I talked about, the enthusiasm that you work with, I just feel that, you know, that is a book that had a huge impact in, on me as I, you know, was first an individual contributor in the workforce and, and also on a team, whether it's sports, whether, you know, 
we're up to our final question where we get to ask you to look forward once again and share with us what are your priorities as a finance leader in the coming 12 months? What's that look like? So for me, it's very simple. Um, you know, like I said, we were our first small company. Um, you know, we, um, we're looking, we are obviously have very ambitious plans to develop multiple therapies, and that requires capital. So for me, success is going to be um, measured by our ability to raise capital. And, that, and what that requires is us to be able to get our story out, um, get it out to the right people. Um, and engage, you know, investors to, to be excited, as excited in our story as we are about our story, um, while taking into account, you know, shareholder value, you know, current shareholder value. Um, so, you know, my strategic priorities are, are very clear. Um, you know, as I said, coming into biotech, you know, I said that, you know, it always comes with risk, and this is one of those risks, and, you know, we're betting on ourselves that, you know, you take a combination of our technology, um, our team, and you put that together, um, and, and we feel I feel like we're putting ourselves in a position to succeed, and now it's, it's the onus is on us to get out there and, and to raise the capital, and, and I think the sky's the limit for it. Mike Cassetta, thank you for joining us on Seattle Call. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.